0: Welcome to Second Act Podcast. Second Act, it's a continuation and yet an evolution. It's finding meaning, fulfillment and deep sense of purpose. Through these podcasts, I would like to invite people who experienced their Second Acts, found a bigger purpose for themselves and are ready to share their stories because we truly believe that learnings happen through conversations. Welcome, Geetum to Second Act Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you with us. People who are listening to us, Geetu Hinduja is somebody whom I've been hearing for some time now. She has been coming from a very conservative Sindhi background. Then she started an art gallery of her own. And I think it's only very recently, a few years ago, that she brought her passion of music in front of everyone and started coming out in public. There is lots to learn from people like her. So I will not take much time, but I will want Geetu to talk about herself and, you know, the inspiration that she brings in. So welcome Geetu on Second Act podcast.
1: One thing I'm going to uh, correct you on the passion for music has been there for a very long time. It is not new. And it was just something that it was there, but it ne- I never went public with it. Partly because of my conservative background and my inability to have the courage to just kind of cross that bridge and say, I'm going to do it no matter what. As far as that is concerned, I started studying music seriously sometime in my 20s and uh, my uh, second daughter, I think around the time when she was born or I'm a little confused, maybe third one, I don't know. But I remember my gynac at that point of time because I came from this very typical conservative background where you have to have sons and uh, there's a lot of pressure for all of that. And so I had been studying. And when I had my third daughter, I was a little upset, not because I had a third daughter, but because um, how people around me would deal with it. And um, that would be challenging, uh, heartbreaking sometimes. And at that time, my guide Dr. Usha Krishna, I owe her a lot. She just said to me, what is your passion? I said music. So she said, you have to promise me that you're going home from the hospital and you're not resting, you're not going to do anything. I had told her that I had a music room, she said you have to promise me you're going into the music room the next day and you're going to start practicing. You cannot think about these things. Yeah, so you know like we were talking earlier, sometimes people say things and a single sentence can transform your life. So I think people like her and many many others who I've met through life have really given me the courage to move on, do what I want, and so life goes.
0: Beautiful, and I think we are in the right platform now because Second Act is all about learning through conversations. And today, I'm just hoping the people who are hearing us, they will take out something and that can probably transform their life through your life story, and uh, that's what we want to actually bring in. So tell us a little bit more about your journey with three daughters and the very fact that you went into an art gallery. How did that happen?
1: I had always wanted to work, but I remember back in the day, so I studied interior design and I was kind of encouraged to finish my education, but I wasn't encouraged to work and that was like a burning desire, I think, ever since I was little, that I was always going to work. And, but I was always told as a good Sindhi girl, you do not go to work, you stay at home, you get into the kitchen, you look after the house, you have babies and you do all of that. And that's not the future that I saw for myself. So, of course, I had my daughters one after the other. And then at some point, I just put my foot down and I said, look, I have to work. And at that time, we were putting up a hotel. And so I started tagging along with the art consultant at the point. And since I had studied at JJ School of Art, I knew a lot of artists. And uh, so we, Deborah and I kind of traveled the country, met a whole bunch of artists And, you know, we were talking about how their works would get incorporated into the hotel. So I learned a lot from her and how she was going about it. And that kind of gave birth to the idea of the gallery in a sense. More than a gallery, I think I was keen on being an art consultant. And uh, at that point, I spoke to several architects, interior designers. And they said there is no room for that kind of profession in our country because uh, when you buy art from an artist, then there is a certain commission that goes to the professional. So whether it's the architect, interior designer, whatever agency. And they said, you know, no one's going to part with that. So there is no room for that kind of a thing. Which then led to my, for some reason, Deborah kind of got out of the picture because she had some personal issues. So I just kind of picked up from there. So I became an art consultant. The next thing I knew, I started a gallery. I was a little, I wasn't that smart those days. So I was a little hesitant to start the gallery because I felt that how can I take a commission from all these artists because a lot of them were my friends. But once I started the gallery, I realized that there was a lot of work that went into it. A gallery, when you walk into a gallery, it looks like a really quiet space and it looks like there's no activity that's happening there. And it seems very quiet and serene and all of that, but there's a lot of work that goes into all of that. So then I started feeling comfortable about my commission and the money I made. Yeah, that's the story about my gallery. I did that for about 17 years.
0: So, Hearing that story about your upbringing and also about, you know, even after marriage, the challenges that you probably faced when you had your daughters. So how did that impact your bringing up your own daughter?
1: You know, I uh, remember that when they were in school, we were invited to a talk. And this was like 25 years ago, perhaps. And uh, they talked about equality between girls and boys and they were kind of trying to incorporate those ideas into the schools and all of that. And I remember walking out of there and there was this other parent, Simi Bidge, I remember her name. And she said to me, how do you think your daughters will react to this conversation when you have it with them? I said, I don't think I have tried so hard to bring them up as a boy. I'm not as a boy, sorry, that's also a stupid statement. I have tried to bring them up as a human being. I've never focused on the sexes, but I don't think they can tell the difference. So I don't think perhaps they could tell the difference when they were growing up. But as life is going on and they are facing their own challenges in the world, where there is still a lack of equality, I think that difference hasn't really gone. The laws have changed a little bit. They are more weighed in towards women,
0: but not that
1: much. There's a long way to go.
0: Yeah, I was just talking to you about that I do programs specific to gender. And especially there are lots of things that we as women face. And the best is that we ourselves don't give ourselves that man's importance. I completely agree. Yeah, so I'm not sure what is at the background to it. Is it the society makes us so? So because I have so many conversations with my daughter as well where she keeps telling me that if women like you continue to do what you're doing, patriarchy will never go back. You know, go away. So (laughs) I'm not sure who's responsible. We are trying to make changes. But like you said, it's a lot of work still to be done.
1: I think it's... uh generations and generations of guilt that have been you know kind of just been a part of the system and even to the extent you talked about philosophies and if you look at and that's something I struggle with because I sing a lot of this material but everything is God is man then I sing Baja Govindam and in everything that you know there is this uh, there is one sentence there which talks about and how man looks at a woman's breast. Okay, now if you take that literally, it's uh, offensive. But I was reading a lot of translations and I understand it's basically saying that you look at something with a sexual connotation. And so I have to struggle with that when I'm singing the Shlopes. For me, there is a, I'm kind of saying, why is it written like that? So I struggle with that and most of my friends are feminists and they struggle with my singing that. So they can't understand how I can sing something like that. And then I have to explain to them that I am now kind of taking it out and presenting it in a broader context. And so I recorded the entire Bhaja Govindam. And so I kind of added the translations there. But in the translations, whatever translations I read, I kind of tried to make it as uh, gender neutral as possible and tried to modify the language to my politics. Yeah, I think that's the best way to explain it.
0: I think we need to make a small steps and I'm sure that you know like we always think that stands true like you said you're trying to even make gender neutral at least it's not claiming to be just feminist or otherwise so I'm sure that small steps do make a difference but how do your daughters see now their life versus yours are they trying to make any changes you now when it comes to them now?
1: Definitely. I think there are a lot of things. I haven't had a real
0: conversation
1: with them about it, but maybe I think they feel there are a lot of things that I never fought for and rightfully so. Perhaps that
0: disappoints them and uh, they're trying to right that wrong. You said that you're following this since your 20s and sorry that I thought you've just taken it over inside you it's something that you've carried as a passion so but you've started to sing in public like you said very late yeah yeah so from where did that come is this a part of your second act if i can ask
1: (laughs) it is totally i think the second act part of it is i got the courage to do it the passion has always been there and even when i started the gallery The first thing I promised myself was that I would never give it up because that's who I am. So I would continue to study. So I have studied very seriously and perhaps almost too seriously and I have not given enough importance to my instinct. So I have a very dear friend who always tells me that uh, you need to, it's all there inside you and you have to just let it fly. So I've just, because of my situation and because of the kind of person I am, perhaps I've always kind of just kept on learning, kept on learning, okay, or kuch So I would, you know, whether it was the guitar or whether it was the voice. So I did Indian classical training. I did Western classical training. I've done like a whole bunch of things. So I really didn't have the courage to fight the external forces that happened later in life it's really about a lack of courage and so when I was able to put myself together I said let's do it and we'll see what happens.
0: If I ask you what is your message which goes out to women of today what would that (laughs)
1: Um, my message would not be specifically to women My message would be to people and uh, to me it doesn't matter who it is. I think what I have learned, the most important thing in life is to know yourself. And I think we just do not give enough importance to it. We are so caught up with structures external structures, whether it's family structures, whether it's uh, professional structures. And in the process, we're so busy playing those roles that are expected of us, that we forget who we are. And I think through various lucky chances, blessed chances in life, when you talk about the second act, for me it is that I was able to get onto that journey of self-discovery. That for me is the real second act. And from there, everything flourishes, whether it's being a parent, whether it's uh, looking after your building environment or it's music or your relationships. I think everything comes to me from there. I think that has really been my important discovery. And I think all of us get so caught up in, so I'm a graphic designer. So this is the role that has been imposed on me. But what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? How do I overcome that? And how do I become the best of who I am? Yeah, that's really what I have learned.
0: Now we'll take this message back to people who are hearing us that go on a path of self-discovery. I think don't Wait for the 50s to happen, uh, do it faster. Absolutely. Yeah. But
1: somehow I think that's also okay because it takes time to experience things, to be able to test the waters in that sense, do some wrong things, do some right things. So it's kind of, that is life in that sense. So there is no shortcut to it. Some people, if they can do it earlier, I mean, more power to them. I wasn't able to do it.
0: What all is people doing now? Because I know that you are understanding philosophies, translating a lot in your own way, trying to bring music into everything. So tell us more about it.
1: I think for me, what happened in the last two years was um, I'd hurt my hand, so I wasn't able to play the guitar. That was a huge setback for me emotionally for a while. But for me, I was very happy to discover, I'm technologically fairly savvy. So I learned how to program on uh, what they call the digital audio workstation. For me, that was the biggest achievement. So a lot of the later songs I programmed myself and I created myself because I realized that um, making songs is an expensive proposition. So I turned my room that I'm in into a home studio. So that for me was very satisfying. I don't at this point have Madonna and Michael Jackson-like numbers of followers. So I cannot afford to spend that kind of money on every song I make. So that was good. And that's the Sindhi in me. Likes to keep track of the numbers. And yeah. Um, Now, in the last uh, couple of months, my hand has healed. I do a lot, so yeah, so I do yoga. I'm passionate about it, can't say I'm good at it, but I'm passionate about it, and I think that has also transformed my life in many, many ways. I've had excellent teachers, so my life is about music, yoga,
0: and my family
1: and friends. Beautiful. That's my
0: life. Coming to the songs now. What kind of songs do you sing? Do you play? Do you bring because I know a few that I can hear on, of course, YouTube, which are publicly available. But there's a lot of other stuff that you're doing as well. When I started singing, so I've been writing material for a very long time. Ever
1: since I was young, I remember seeing this tree in Ladakh. You know, there was like just barren land and one single tree kind of just flourishing out there that would kind of turn me on and then I'd find some airline ticket that I had in my bag then I'd kind of write a song quickly on that and uh, similarly I've been writing a lot of material so when I first started singing I um, sang a lot of my own material and uh, so that went on for several years, and then I went out. I was on the road performing, did a lot of live performances, had a band, did solo performances, etc., etc. And then about two, two and a half years ago, for some reason, the two albums that I did in the recent past had a slowage, and uh, somehow that started drawing me back. And I remembered, I kind of grew up going to the Balbihar, which is uh, associated with the Chinmaya Mission. So on Saturdays, we'd go to the Balbihar. So I learned a lot of stuff there. And then when I was in my early 20s, uh, because we weren't allowed to really go out and sing to humor me, Jalota Ji was brought in and then all the sister-in-laws and my mother-in-law. And we'd sit together and learn from Jalota Ji. So all that started somehow it was there and that started emerging and that's how I slowly started shifting into this space and then I think living in Bombay City it's a cosmopolitan environment you are exposed to people who follow different philosophies and I'm not the first one to realize that but I'm saying it again that all philosophies the tenets of being a good human being are exactly the same so it doesn't matter which philosophy you follow. So I quit performing and then I started looking at a lot of material and I started reading, doing research. You know, then there are so many lovely songs. So then I had to start picking uh, the songs that I wanted. So I picked one Parsi song, one Jewish, one um, Jain and so on and so forth, made a set of 10. And I had decided last year, before the lockdown happened, I was... Preparing to start performing them and I had decided that I would uh, perform them first and record them later Unfortunately, or whatever the lockdown happened and so no performances So I said okay now let me turn that around and I started recording the material
0: So that's where I am So Where can we hear them?
1: Where are they available? My stage name is Geetu Unplugged there on all the platforms. So you have it on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music, Hangama. I mean, it's there on all the platforms. It's there. If you do a search for Geetu Unplugged, you will find the material on pretty much any platform that you use.
0: Beautiful. So are you ready to play something for us? Because you've only been hearing about what you do, but we want to see it as well. Yes. (laughs) Do you want to tell us what you're singing? And then, uh, you know, you can go on.
1: Okay, so I am going to sing Bhaja Govindam, since I just referred to it earlier in the conversation about its uh, translations being problematic for me. (laughs) However, it's a tune that's lovely. And if you... Look at it in its larger context. I think it's quite lovely. So it says, Bhaja Govindam, Bhaja Govindam, Govindam, Bhaja Muramate. So it says, O fool. Now, for me, when I'm saying Bhaja Govindam, for me, the translation is seek wisdom. So Govindam standing for wisdom rather than a particular god. And uh, so, O fool, rather than learning grammar, Just seek wisdom instead and that in a sense, in a nutshell, is what we've been talking about and how I have also been a bit of a nerd and has always studied, studied in the hope that I will turn into some vidwan and have forgotten what is already inherent in every human being. We have it in us. It's all in us. We just have to let it emerge. That's Bhaja
0: Ha Ha Ha
1: Ha 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 Bhaj Bhaja Govindam, Bhaja Govindam, Bhaja Govindam, Bhaja
0: Govindam, bhaja
1: Govindam Bhaja Moolamate, mm. mm. Samprapte Sannite Kale, Nahi Nahi Rakshati, Look, karane, eh? Govindam, go in dumb,
0: badger
1: go in dumb, go Krishna. dumb, yalla bhasee nija marmo paatam vittam keena vinodaya chittam bhaja gobindam bhaja gobindam gobindam mandam modamati bhaja, bhaja gobindam Bhaja govindam, Bhaja Govindam, Govindam.
0: You have a soul-touching voice. It's the least that I'm telling you. It's very nice. Thank you. It's the way you touch the heart from right from the inside. Thank you. So, thank you. It's such a pleasure to have you. And um, please continue your second acts. There's lots, I think, still to be discovered. You're on a fantastic track, uh, inspiring, motivating yourself every day. I think that's what we need to focus on. Absolutely. So, I hope that. So,
1: thank you for having me. And what you're doing is
0: wonderful. So, thank you. Keep up the good work. Mm-hmm. Lovely meeting you. Thank you we we'll meet in person